0: This episode of ArcaSpeak is supported by NCARB. You have the power to influence the future of how architects are educated, trained, and licensed. Take the analysis of practice survey today.
1: i been downstairs in the basement kind of like reorganizing things and just getting my house in order. Um, as they say, that's I like that. Yeah, that, that could mean so many things. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> cryptically. What does he mean?
0: Well, <laughs> just just tweet that out. You'll get all kinds. of Like, yeah, and tell tell more. Do yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> go on. <laughs> oh my gosh, what's up? You know, um, so this I don't know if this is sad to say or bad to say or just you know just indicative of the times, but. I walked over to my basement bookshelves, which for anybody who's wondering, my basement is an unfinished basement. So basically they've got, uh, I have a series of, you know, kind of like Metro shelves or just, you know, basic kind of like storage shelves down there. And it's so just, like, like my
0: garage, right? Yeah. This is your, yeah. this is your garage basically in <laughs> some, in it, some way it's,
1: it's more things than that. Yeah. It just happens to be underneath me, but, and so I started like flipping through, I start, just stood there for like a good, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes staring at all of the titles of all of the books that I have. And it was just, it dawned on me, like, when have these seen the light of day? When have, when is, when have these been cracked open? They're probably like preserved in time because they don't have the UV on, on them. Well, they they are preserved in time. You know, there were there was a couple of them that the way that I had them on there, the spine started to disintegrate a little bit, and you know, just because of kind of like the weight or probably a little bit of moisture. This is a a, bu- a book m- patina. It was a uh, a con book. Um, that, oh, nice. You know, and, and I don't want to. I mean, those are the ones that I want to like make sure are pristine and don't but um so I had pulled out and and I don't know I have tons of books on kind of like architectural perspective drawing, architectural drawing, watercolors, all of these other things. And I had forgotten that I even had a series of books from the Gallery of Lingard, did a series of of small pamphlets more probably of like their, you know, what type of exhibit they were having at the time, which was, it seemed like around 19, uh, late nineties. But I, I guess I didn't even really know, or I knew that I had the books, but I forgot that I had the books and I've even forgotten about this architect, Cyril Ferry. He lived from 18 to 1960. Oh, sorry. 1954 mm-hmm uh cyril c y r i o okay a fairy f a r e y and he's just like so you know one of the things that he was known for um was he was probably one of the most respected you know as they called him you know architectural illustrator but it was more of like this perspectivist i wanted to make sure I said that. one. He was just like, he was the most well-known and skilled pers- perspectivist. I'm only going to say that. I don't think I'm going to say it again without, without fear of getting tongue tied. But, you know, so I started like down this rabbit hole of just like looking at all of his work. And now I have a friend of mine that I went to school with, um, Ian Stewart, which, you know, we've you know t- talked about in the past, which if anybody looks up Ian Stewart, they will see that he's, you know, an amazing watercolor artist. And I went to school with him. His father was a professor at the school of architecture who taught hand drawing and taught watercolors. And, you know, it is amazing in his own right. Um, but you know, the apple, I don't know if it fell off the tree because it was like his skills and no offense to his father are amazing. Well, obviously the mother had something to do with that. Well, yeah.
0: (laughs) he he just was at the perfect place at the perfect like they they merged and made the
1: perfect watercolorist (laughs) well true but 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 knowing my friend you know knowing like his father who had taught us how to how to basically you know hand draft he was the professor who taught hand drafting they taught drafting in your school they did not teach drafting. It was it was just
0: expected that you were going to figure it out in my school. Same with models. Same with building models. Same with everything.
1: Yeah, you, you're on your own. They, Good they luck. no, no, they taught us. Uh, they, they, they sort of, yeah, they pretty much. Well, here was the thing. You know, for model building, it was they just did a series of exercises, and you were, you know, and so just because of the nature of these, you know, kinds of exercises that they were asking us to do, like you know, we. <laughs> We basically had to like first make a brick mold that is to I don't know like one one hundredth scale of a of a real brick. It, oh, I've, I've just, that's a very small brick. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, let, let's see. It one eighth scale, maybe. I don't maybe know. Maybe one. so it was. It was about half an inch. I don't know it was about maybe a quarter inch in its in its width, and then the length was you know whatever you know that but it, but it was a perfect ratio of like the you know of a normal brick size to this team i'm laughing because like this this is how
0: this is what they did to build the california missions except <laughs> at full scale in the hundreds of thousands of bricks
1: it's well so here's the thing is so so like we made these like little brick molds and so out of uh out of basswood and then you know probably coated them with you know something and you know so we had to produce our own bricks and then we had to basically build a, design something and build it out of those bricks. That's awesome. Like our, cl- our cl- workshops, like you're talking
0: about, were, were not like this at all. They were more like, here's how not to cut your hand off in a woodshop. <laughs> That's all they were. Oh, I yeah. wish they would have. Oh, no, we, were, we had Just those. safety. We we, had... we only got the safety courses, not the actual how to make things courses. Yeah.
1: Did I ever tell you about <laughs> me cutting my thumb off? No. <laughs> Should I? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's an after dark episode right there <laughs> exactly yeah that one was yeah anyway but so yeah i mean you know through the exercises of you know like things that they had us make sort of just by default taught us how to model build but we did have you know honest to goodness sketching courses watercolor courses um hand drafting courses shading like we had all of these, you know, different things. So of course, right as the time we were graduating, everybody and their brother was doing early, eh, not even early. I mean, uh, ninety-seven. I mean, people were knee deep into CAD. So, but you know, so, I was one of like two or three people
0: that did any kind of three D at that point, right, in our class. And it was it was still very
1: much an analog version of architecture school we for the were, most part. We were so early on in we, so we had it was funny. So would have graduated in 97. I think everybody's heard the story that I dropped out of school for a while. And then when I came back to school, you know, I ended up graduating in 2001. Um, you didn't drop out. You took a break. I took a break, a hiatus, <laughs> a a, 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 finan- sabbatical. a financially induced Dude, yeah. you're out of money. Right. Um, kind of thing. So anyway, so, you know, we, we had, uh, we had max when I was first there. And so, you know, we learned form Z and things like that. And so then I went away and I was actually had worked for an architecture firm and I had learned, we, I had to completely relearn everything because it was PCs only, but it wasn't AutoCAD. It was MicroStation, Yay. MicroStation 95, to be exact.
0: <laughs> I have so much nostalgia <laughs> for MicroStation 95. Uh, so do fact. I, It yeah. you know. Especially coming from Form Z, where it was very icon driven, it was and yeah. AutoCAD was very much a command line tool, and that
1: and that was the one thing that that kind of killed killed me in the kind of transition is because I I went back when I started to learn AutoCAD, I did it through the icons. What's through, funny is like it's I mean,
0: actually what killed Form Z and Microstation was, I mean the keyboard shortcuts and command line is fast right and 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 it was very much the kind of thing that that I think killed those uh, graphic more more graphically driven programs and so now it's AutoCAD and Rhino and and even Revit is, is really fast when you know the keyboard shortcuts like any any pro user
1: of any pro app oh yeah, yeah. Gonna, yeah I I got to the point where so because I'm left-handed and I'm using the mouse right-handed you know I would I would hot key on the keyboard, whatever I, you know, whatever other thing, or if, if the pointer was happened to be closer to a thing. So I, I was kind of like using like my commands kind of both icon and keyboard based. Yeah, so it was like, right. Really so you were twice weird. as fast is what you're saying. You, I you're, actually, not trying to toot, you're not trying to toot your own
0: horn yeah, here I'm at not, all, I'm but
1: i trying to toot my own horn, but yeah, I was, I was pretty fast <laughs> because so we had, Microstation and AutoCAD. When I went back to school, we had Microstation and AutoCAD, and everybody who had, had you know, so I I was kind of a returning student, and I wasn't, I, I didn't know any of the the people who were in my studio and stuff, and they were just, you know, I don't know if they were just like I was the newbie, and they were just like, let's see what this guy's got, you know, kind of thing, and so they, you know, I was I like, I know how to fire missiles. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I mean. I do that. Yeah. But so they were just like, look how fast I can do all of this in, in AutoCAD. And I'm like, why is that so slow? Like, <laughs> what?" <laughs> it's like, oh, this <laughs> is so funny. And I remember it so vividly, this guy was just like, what do you mean? So slow. I mean, look how fast I drew this. I'm like,
0: it's like the trash talk around the I was CAD just like, machine. I could have oh done
1: that. God. I said, I could have done that in 15 minutes. And he's like, whatever. And I'm like, okay, okay. you pick what you want to draw. It's and just, i will it a was a smackdown like, <laughs> yeah totally the, the tumbleweed and it was just, by. exactly and i whip out the old um you know microstation and you know he's just like autocad versus microstation and i was so much faster than him. it was uh and then of course later on he's just like you know wanted to pair up with me. He's just like, you know, let's do all these group projects together. (laughs) He realized, he realized his flawed thinking. And he's
0: like, now, yeah, the enemy turned into a partner. Exactly. Unstoppable. Yeah. Oh
1: man. But it was, it was so funny. But so I don't, I mean, I know that we've kind of diverged from where I was standing blankly at my, uh, my books and stuff, but you know, in, in a way, what we're talking about now is, is sort of, you know, the same feeling. It's just like, All of this stuff, you know, now that we're in the world of Revit and BIM and, you know, that kind of delivery that all of these things that, you know, we grew up with, like learning how to hand draft and then how quickly that was out of date outdated. And then even though there are people who still use AutoCAD and do 2D documentation and stuff, I mean, the bulk of the profession and the bulk of like, you know, at least in let's just say commercial world, um, everything is model based. Right. And so it's just so quickly to see how all of this stuff, you know, like, so I'm looking at these books of Cyril Ferry and their books, I had to brush some dust off of them. And now anybody who wants to look up Cyril Ferry isn't going to go look for a book. They're going to go online and, you know, pull up Wikipedia or go to you know, like there's, uh, Christie's had a, cause yes, I've got, <laughs> I've got my, uh, Google search right in front of me of, you know, like Pinterest and Christie's and the Royal Academy of art and all of these other things. And it's just like, that's how they're going to learn about them now. And I've got like these beautifully, now they are reprints of, of all of these books. And, but I mean, it's just these like beautifully done dust jackets of these watercolors and, you know, you'd like, if you pulled the dust jacket off alone, that is a frameable art piece. Oh, I know. It's how beautiful that is. It's funny that you bring this up because I just
0: put in a new bookshelf because I needed more shelves in my office here. And I needed more shelf space because the previous one was too limited. And so I just swapped out for a four shelf instead of a two shelf. And I have. I try to keep all my architecture books in the office because nobody else wants to even see them. But, but to say, you know, like to kind of go through what you just went through, I just went through this like two days ago myself. And moving the books from one book to bookshelf to another, and wiping off the dust, like you said, and just kind of revisiting these old friends, it's so interesting. And, and there's this. There's a couple books that I'm going to be getting rid of because I just I don't need to keep them. Somebody else should enjoy these. And they're they're actually about art, and one of them is about contemporary art. And the cover itself, my wife's like, we need to frame this cover. It's exactly what you just said. It's so funny that that exact same thing just happened in my house. So, yeah, I'm going to be cutting the cover off that book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to
1: frame this. You know, throw the rest of the book away. Oh, so Sounds I, so sad. I went to an antique store here in Maryland and it's just this absolutely beautiful, you know, talk about like, you know, out with the old, you know, with the new kind of thing, this antique store is in a defunct um, train station. And so it's this absolutely beautifully, beautiful train station that, that also, you know, the train station also had kind of like these large kind of uh, warehouse attached to it and things so it was you know i I think it was like a a grain station um but anyway so i mean the the whole thing is chock full but i go into this one you know one vendor that they have and all they sell are old architectural books things that dating back to like the early 1900s the pencil point uh magazine which was just like these beautifully drawn and of course I go in there and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I, I would love to spend all of my hard-earned money on these things. But then when I bring them home, <laughs> all the with, money. Yeah. <laughs> all the money
0: on them. So that you can put them on the shelf so that so, they'll collect dust. I mean you'll so look at them a little be, bit, but
1: then that's where they'll stay. Because basically an old architect who has retired and moved their bookshelf, you know, one too many times and have realized that they they either don't have them or it's from their estate. That now it just gets passed on to kind of like collectors who I I'd gone to this um, this antique store several times over the course of many years and none of those books moved. The only time they ever sold those books was to me, the sucker. (laughs) When you walk in the store, they're like,
0: Garmick, it's so good to see you, my friend. That's What's your point? budget today? Yeah,
1: exactly. Right? <laughs> like, what do you think about these? Yeah. I know. I know you sit there You're, and you you, you stare are ice right water in hell to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you it's are. Like, oh, here he comes. The only person who's ever <laughs> going gonna to give a us good. a scale. You're like, woohoo! But, but you know, it's just it, it's I'm I'm looking at him just like you did, and it's just like, what. Cause you know, I'm trying to get the house in order, trying to just clean things up, try to get everything like, you know, squared away. And we'll talk a little bit further about that in future episodes, but, and, know, it's just, I'm looking at him and like, what do I want to keep? What do I want to go? Like, I've got all these textbooks from 20, 25 years ago that I, I'm not only am I never going to use, but, but if I but donated them no back, one is, yeah. exactly. If I donated them back to Auburn, then what would they do with them? I started following on Instagram, the architectural library at Auburn. And most of what they're doing is showcasing like their, their digital library. And it's just like, uh, it's just sad. I mean, so, I used yeah, to, our house is actually pretty balanced. I, I have to say, go ahead, finish your thing. And then I'll uh, I was just going to say is like, you know, I'm, I'm now following the Instagram page of my old architectural library that I used to sit in old, uh, which McCollum um not eames chairs but uh Vasily chairs I used to sit in these old as everybody everybody hated them they were so uncomfortable um except for me for some reason i I was just like i i've sit I've sat well, like I'm a, used to sitting on a drafting stool so this is better or I'm used to sitting on the ground in the desert so you know this <laughs> is you know, a seat <laughs> is a seat step up you know you know so I just sit there and 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 I just you know, you can, you remember the smell of the place as much, as much as like, you know, the light that cascaded in and just like the, the mood, the hushed tones that people spoke in and just like the, the smell of the books and, and even the smell of like, oh, the skylight has a leak in it because I can smell some mildew somewhere, you know, kind of thing. Right. So I'm standing there looking at my books and I'm smelling that smell that like, Heart, it transports me to all of these places that were, you know, once loved that seem so like yesteryear.
0: They are time capsules. Yeah, yeah. they totally
1: are.
0: I was going to say that our our family is pretty balanced when it comes to books versus digital. And the way that I I kind of square that up in my mind is how many tabs we have open in our in our browser versus how many books show up on a weekly basis from the library. My wife is like a serial book consumer for, not just for herself, although I would say the majority of them probably are for her, but also for the homeschooling portion of our lives. And it's a, the LA County library system is unbelievably good. And we can get any book, any book, and we can just order it up. It just actually happens through the internet. Very little time is actually spent at the library. It's really just a, a, A drop-off point and a pickup point for us more than anything but it's it's funny when my wife has to like sweep the house to return books to the library because it's an effort it's there's so many books here and i don't know what the number is that you can check out but it's unbelievably high it's like 30 books at a time it's something huge and it's not like when we were in school and it was like you were allowed to have one book checked out right of, of like the high school library or whatever but it's insane, and what was interesting was during the pandemic they even dropped yeah all yeah. fines, oh, so mm. yeah, you had to like <laughs> it's, it's, re you had to like renew them online just so that I guess they were kind of doing some type of accounting uh, but but there was no fine, like they just they just graced everybody out as far as the fines went, <laughs> and she was so happy because I mean, and she does keep books longer and and happily pays the fines because it's one way to support the libraries that <laughs> she sees it that way at least but i just think it's it's funny to see how many books we actually still consume in this house and not necessarily me i don't i don't take any any pleasure in in books i wish i could i wish i did but it is one of those things that i've just given up on um uh, except for the couple that i'm reading at, at, at any time <laughs> let's take a quick break to share more about our sponsors NCARB's Analysis of Practice Study is your opportunity to shape the future of architecture. Participate in this industry-wide survey to share your experiences and insights from working in architecture, engineering, or construction. Your feedback will help guide changes to what being a licensed architect looks like and impact how architects collaborate with other professionals in the future. Whether you're an architect or you work with architects, NCARB wants to hear from you. Make sure your voice is heard. Contribute to the analysis or practice study today. Sign up at ncarb.org slash A-O-P.
1: And now let's get back to our conversation. If I were to analyze the, 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 the reading veracity of, of my family, so me and my daughter, so the oldest and the youngest, we're audiobook listeners. Podcast listeners, that kind of thing, and then my wife and my oldest is they are paper turn the page kind of uh, readers, but they are they read a lot, a, a lot. My daughter and I listen to a lot of audiobooks either together or separately, and you know she takes she just has been taking our dog for a walk and has been listening to uh, the Hobbit. Even though she knows all the movies and everything else, you know, the movies aren't the books. And she wanted to, after she had, you know, watched all the movies, she's like, I really want to check out the books. But knowing her as growing up in the digital age, you know, she wanted, she's not going to sit down and either read them on the screen or flip a page. You know, she wants to hear the story, which, so we actually ended up getting her the ones that were narrated by literally just blanked on his name. But the the one who plays Smeagol. Uh yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't yeah. remember his name either. I've forgotten. But you know, and so but anyway, so and then so now we have the 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 fifth one in the family, the middle. And he he's kind of an interesting mix between the two. I thought you were gonna say he does nothing. <laughs> no, no, I mean, well you know, maybe, but maybe, no, no. Yeah, he's yeah. he's actually kind of an interesting middle ground, is like you know, he will read, you know, maybe not often as like, you know, my wife and the oldest. But he will, you know, he like he's also like a, a graphic novel guy. You know, he's more of like, you know, probably less like audio and he he wants to read. He still wants to read, but he just doesn't. He is a mixed media guy. That's funny. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. You got the like full blend, that. the full spectrum in your house. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, we one block away from our house have, you know, one of the larger libraries in the county and on a weekly basis basis we're walking over there just checking out what's going on i walk over there and i'm like hmm, that looks like an interesting book and then look it up on audible
0: <laughs> yeah yeah remember like it was the same thing with with bookstores right it was like it's it was just so fun to go browse the shelves and just like go to a barnes and noble or whatever those you know there's there was what was the other one there were there were several that, so there d- was there was borders borders there's that's what i was barnes trying to think and noble. Of. And B. Then Dalton then bookseller.
1: B Dalton, yes. think That one too. Yeah. And in the mall. Uh, yeah, it was B. Dalton. And then there was another one that started with a W. Yeah. And a, yeah. Was it, Walden, Walden books. That's what I was gonna say. Walden books, yeah.
0: Yeah. And there was crown books too, which were like in strip malls. There was there's been so many funny little bookstores, but but yeah. man, just going into a bookstore oh, was yeah. Yeah, it's it was a great. trap. It was a total trap.
1: To, yeah. I used to, so like my dad used to, think, you know, <laughs> uh, growing up in the, uh, latchkey kid era and my dad used to just drop me off at the library and say, I'll be back in a couple hours. And so I would just sit in the library all day long and just like flip through, you know, and just read whatever it was, you know, library uh, as babysitter. Yeah. Library as babysitter. And yeah, then, totally. you know, later on, um, I would just we live not too far from a mall. And so I would just walk up there and Walden Books and B. Dalton's, you know, I mean, those would be, i I'd hang out there a bit Yeah, those it. were the, like,
0: those were the, and they were, they were usually on different levels from each other, but like maybe right on top of each other. <laughs> but you would always hit both. And, and the mall people knew that. That's why they put them on different levels, not, not anti-competitively, but to get you to go to all the stores in between on the way from one to the other.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like, like
0: having a Sam Goody on one
1: level and a Music Plus on the other ooh, level. Right? yeah. Wow. <laughs> Those are some old poles too. <laughs> right. So funny that we say this. So we talk about, you know, we're reminiscing about all these old bookstores. And so my daughter uh, had a Girl Scout cookie booth um, last week. And where we were at in downtown Bethesda was right across the street from an old Barnes & Noble. Guess what that Barnes and Noble is now? Yeah, just oh, I'm trying to guess. I, 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 I'll 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 save your brain. Thank An you. An Amazon bookstore. What? <laughs> oh, it was just like so. The company oh, that, that put you out, put put those you those bookstores yeah. <laughs> out of business now has a brick and mortar yeah. store doing the in exact the same, same shop. Yeah, in the same shop. It's like insult to a, injury yeah. exactly i, I, I i've like,
0: heard of that happening that is, i was just amazing.
1: staring at it like wow are you kidding right right <laughs> that's amazing that like you know there's just this weird painful irony that like we used to love going to that well what's that funny store. is your your irony runs even deeper because you're saying you're going
0: into the shops and then you're looking up audiobook versions <laughs> and funny. audible is owned by amazon i know <laughs> right <laughs> Oh, we laugh because it, like it's really we, we laugh like, because it hurts. Crying. It hurts. Yeah. yeah. Trying to deal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they've got they've got you everywhere. So I just wonder, like anybody who's listening, what do you guys do with your books? Like do you have books anymore? I wonder I wonder if younger generations even have books. I used to have like a metal Rolodex of like of just like, you know, images that you know, if I'm talking to somebody and I want to like explain to them like visually what I'm trying to say, I would have like a metal Rolodex. Okay. Uh, I need to go to this book, this page, flip it open, say, Oh, this is what I'm talking about. And like, Oh, you know, or I'd have like tons of tabs. I was just, I was looking as I was looking at my, um, cause I've got tons and tons of monographs. I, I'm, I'm, I will admit I'm more the picture book kind of fella. And so I wanted to see the aesthetics of, of this, of these places that, you know, we revere. That's what I have. But all of them are tapped. Almost every single one of them. I was looking at the, um, the books and they're all tabbed because you know, it's like, I want to remember this or I want to remember. Yeah. This. I just pulled a book off my shelf as we were talking and it had a bunch of yellow stickies in it. You know, for the longest time I would either take home from where I worked all of their like, Hey, we're going to be throwing out Architectural record or architecture magazine or whatever. I'll take all those. And I'm like, I'll take them, you know? And so now (laughs) order and now sitting in my basement, even though I've already like gone through so many, And now that I'm, you know, back at being a, a, an AIA member, I'm getting my architecture magazine.
0: Architecture (laughs) magazines used to be so much better. Oh my gosh. Yes. The latest architect magazine is like the thinnest little floppy thing you've ever
1: seen. It's, it it, sadly right now is. um, And full of ads. That's all it is. My, my coffee cup is sitting on it and I don't think I've actually opened it. I just my but my coffee cup is sitting on it so that I don't stain the, uh, my desk. (laughs) I've heard of coasters. Yes. Have you have you heard of coasters? They're <laughs> like yeah, and they've got they've got my title on it, architect. Exactly. My uh, wife
0: saw a book in my bookshelf as we as I was moving books and had her name on it, so it was from when she was in college. Uh, and she's yeah. like, "What is this? We don't even need this book, you know, anymore. It was a college book." I'm like, "What do you don't don't you touch that? Don't you?" I'm like, "That book could actually help you." She's like, "What are you talking about? It was it's Building Construction Illustrated by Ching." <laughs> I'm like, she's like, help me with what? I'm like, with those details, you hate drawing. (laughs) She, she opens up. She's
1: like, oh, wow. (laughs) And it was her book. (laughs) So the, the project that I'm working on right now, we've at least alluded to the fact that it's in Saudi Arabia. So it's about all I really go into right now. But the Saudi building code is based off of IBC 2018. And so the last book that I bought, which was not too long ago, it was just you know near the start of the um, uh, the project, you know, just a couple months ago, I bought the IBC the the Ching book IBC twenty eighteen like the the visual guide. Um, yep, where, where's it at? <laughs> Cliff Notes? No, it, it's 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 basically it, it is his building construction illustrated. It, it it's almost in that format, but it's... But for the code. It's the, yeah, but for the code. That's and cool. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, as somebody who is a visual learner, it is so much easier to, you know, have the excerpt of the code to read, but then also see the, like, see the visual explanation of it. To, to me, those are great books. And so when you said, you know, building construction, illustrated. I've got three volumes or or three different editions of of the BCI down in on my shelves, you know, some really old ones that were given to me. I've got, oh my gosh, the, one of my favorite, one of my favorite books to be quite honest with you is, you know, architectural graphic standards.
0: I, we have two, two of those
1: here. I've got a cloth bound, like version of it, like a really, really old one that. Do you keep um, it
0: hermetically sealed and. You probably don't <laughs> i don't I should, but I don't
1: um, preserve it for somebody someday, exactly, yeah. but I have that, and then I have another one got three of those I've got. i mean because they're just so beautifully done, you look at them and you're just like, ah, this is you know it's like that reminds you of the encyclopedia Britannica right? oh yes it's it's yeah. like that
0: it's that quality of of like just the consistency throughout and the the, even the graphic design of it's beautiful oh i missed it's it. it's very minimal but it's beautiful it's it, so information dense
1: yeah yeah i remember when we packed up to get rid of our encyclopedia Britannicus i mean I used to just Well, sit- that was the
0: thing that people used to just sit and read all the oh, way yeah. through like elon Musk that, talks about doing that when he was a kid right like that is how kids learned
1: that was my wikipedia i mean yeah that was, exactly I would sit there and I would like just Like flip through them. It's like, what am I going to do today? I'm going to pull out the A.
0: Consume encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it it, like so many families had them, and and but the ones who didn't, what when you'd go over to their house and they had a set, it was like, oh, I could sit here. It was like going to a bookstore, right? Except it was just in in these volumes that were so consistently created. Good stuff. (laughs) Oh, this was a, a trip down the memory lane. Exactly. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, you know, the the cover that that we're gonna cut off this book <laughs> is a it's a Kandinsky. It, oh, it's gorgeous. And then okay. I'm looking, and I have a whole book on Kandinsky
1: here. So yeah, okay. Uh, I yeah. mean, it, it, when you said you're gonna cut the cover off, of <laughs> I'm just book, trying to be it, provocative. It, <laughs> it feels painful. Like it feels just wrong that you would do that. However, you know, I get it because you know I'm a big Kandinsky fan. So. You know. yeah yeah i mean it's russian, russian constructivists oh yeah it just i mean amazing look about, it up people yeah <laughs> amazing stuff and it's so like it, it honestly is so very architectural
0: yeah totally we had a pro- we actually had a project bring it back to architecture school here and we can finish up with this story or see where this leads but the there was this project that we did in first year i'm trying to remember which quarter it was of the first year this was not. I, I want to say this was like the first quarter of first year in architecture school, and it was a. You had to pick a painting, and you had to build a model of the painting, and you basically had to three D the painting. So there were different ways of achieving that. You could you could build like, okay. So the the painting that I chose was because this was. I had never even heard of of these painters that we were basically given hints about like what to look for right so there was Kandinsky there was Mondrian of course right there's Picasso there's but it was a very much like abstract type art and because you could translate that into a model I think they didn't want to go You didn't want to pick an artist that would be incredibly difficult. Like we were first-year students. We did not know what we were doing. We had to basically reproduce the painting in 2D first, and then the next exercise was to translate it into 3D in analog model form. There was no computer anything, right? This was all by hand. And so by doing the 2D exercise first, it was all about composition and color matching and trying to get things as accurate as possible and go through the process of Doing something that these artists had taken years and years and probably decades to develop the skills to actually produce that, and then it became kind of easy for them. Like there's that great Picasso story, right, where he was just drawing or signing something and charging five dollars for everyone, and he was just busting them out, sitting at a table, and people would come up and they're like, "Why? Why am I paying anything for this? It's so easy for you. You should just be free." And it's like, well, it took you know decades to get to this point, right? Same thing for us, and so we got to kind of appreciate that from. Going through reproducing it ourselves and presenting it in in a very kind of I would say painstaking way. It wasn't like there was no photocopying. There was it was like you get a painting, you put you take a photo of it with a slide deck. Uh, you know a, a real analog DS or not DSLR an SLR camera. You put the slide in a slide. You go get it developed. You put the slide in the projector. You project it onto the wall. And then you, or, you know, there was there was definitely a process to it because typically, you know, you're finding it in a book in the library, but then you need to make it larger scale, right? And so you could do that in a number of ways, but you'd go through that process, but then you had to make it 3D. And so some people would do basswood models, some people would do foam core, some people would do kind of a mix. The way that I chose to do it was by creating a base and cutting slots into it on the table saw and then using panes of glass that were spaced out and actually painting by hand with acrylic paint on each with with masks and things like that, right, to get the line straight, the Mondrian, but to reproduce it in planes that were spaced out and the base kind of held them all in alignment with each other. So when you looked at it from the front with a little bit of perspective, it would actually build the painting but it was layered out in different ways i thought that was the one of the coolest projects and this was to get us to unlearn this whole idea of what we thought art was and how it could be interpreted and how art could be spatial and and to think about composition as a spatial thing and and i remember my teacher and i think i've said this on the show before so forgive me if you've heard it but it was like one of the worst things you were ever taught started in kindergarten and that was to color inside the lines and and this was a reproduction of art but it was like just the the conviction with which that was said was so much like get out of the lines and and start making something and so there is this kind of ability to interpret art into a 3D form that then gets presented back as you know a a version of that art or a kind of a a fuzzy photocopy of that art displayed in a very different way from the original intention of of its 2D actual painting but I thought that was such a cool exercise to go through and I still look back on it and I wish I still had that model like this is the kind of thing that that would be on my shelf right if I still had that model for sure Yeah somebody know. did a Kandinsky though and I was like blown away by it because it was it was another level. Like Mondrian, I think is I I kind of cheap cheaped out. Like that was that was pretty easy when it actually
1: came down to it. But I saw the Kandinsky and it was it was really really complicated. So we had that very same exercise in first year as well. Okay, and um, I'm not special. <laughs> well, so so a lot of people did do you know Lizitsky, Kandinsky, and you know, other, um, constructivists and, and, you know, because it just, it, it makes sense. It's, it's easy or not easy. Translatable. Yeah. Translatable. Yeah. Um, and though, though what I, what I chose was to do first, we had to do the same thing. We had to, we had to draw it out first. And, and so I, I chose, uh, you know, Vladimir Tatlin's, you know, the tower, But I had to draw it from, like, photographs and things like that first and then build it. And uh, I remember building it. You took a 3D thing to a 2D thing back to a 3D thing. Back to a 3D thing, yes. Okay. Um, And I made it out of the aluminum uh, dowels and realized that two things, eh, maybe three things, but at least two things. One, uh, hot glue doesn't really hold... Um, aluminum together that well i just can't even imagine like the stringiness of it either like presenting well (laughs) it was it was was a it was a hair bit Uh, i got around it because it was the hollow rods it wasn't the so i i then later decided that what i was going to do to hold it together is basically use uh pipe cleaners to kind of like act as joints and then hot glue those and then you know shove them in the, the, um, the pipes and call it a day kind of thing. But what I, but the bigger thing that I realized or the, the other two things that I realized is hot glue is not called hot glue for a reason. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> it it's is. called hot glue for a reason. Right. And that, that reason is you should not be sitting there trying to hot glue things, you know, in your hand and you hold them in shorts. <laughs> because i still have a I, st- I still have a scar on my leg I from a scar. the big drop of hot glue that dropped on my leg and started to basically bubble up immediately totally totally uh, uh, yeah uh, hot glue has cooked cooked many a people cooked many a people as well as exacto blades have taken out many a tip fingertip or oh totally almost, um, at least half a thumb yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's
0: where we leave this cliffhanger, right there. The, dun, dun, dun. Thanks to NCARB for their support of this podcast episode. Visit ncarb.org slash AOP and contribute to the analysis of practice survey today. Thanks for listening. This show is part of the Gable Media Podcast Network. See all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G A B L M E D I A.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out, and don't forget to share it with your friends. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com where you can find our entire catalog of shows. Talk to you soon.